Afterbuzzers, welcome to an all new Twin Peaks After Show here at Afterbuzz TV. Tonight we're going to be recapping season three, part five, and we have a very special guest in the studio, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, Afterbuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello again, you awesome After Buzzers. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Twin Peaks After Show here at After Buzz TV. I'm your host, Sam Davidson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SamD43. And I would like to introduce my fabulous panel before we get to our special guest. Let's start with you, Lex. I am, in fact, Lex. That's me. I am yeah. all over social media at the Lex Michael because that's what my name is. How about you? And Michael. I'm Michael X Shirley on Twitter and Instagram. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Lisa Mason Lee, and you can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. And guys, as promised, we have Tyler Malik here in the studio. He was a stand-in and an FBI agent in the last episode, and he has a lot of wisdom to uh, bring upon us. So thank you so much for being so. here. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I'm uh, excited to be here with you guys. He's very understated, and I'm not saying creepy, but just like <laughs> he knows things, you know? A little bit. A little, a little bit? bit? Yeah. All right. So where can everyone find you on social media? Uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Tyler Malik. Awesome. It's yeah. like pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. And thank you guys again for tuning in. You can, of course, find AfterBuzz everywhere. We're in the live chat, as is Lisa. Yeah. Ask us questions yeah. if you have any questions for Tyler about the yeah, show. Ask away. Come on. So I, I feel like this week is the first of what's to come because we had two and two. You know, we covered two episodes last week, two episodes the week before. Now we're doing weekly. Did you guys feel like this episode uh, tended more to like a weekly audience? Because I did. It jumped around quite a bit, it in did. my opinion. It was a little less trippy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that we got to see some of our old favorites, and it like delves a little deeper into the town. What about you guys? You, yeah, you know, I got, so I far. straight up got, and it's not like I didn't know that we were going to have scenes in the double R featuring yeah. Shelly and Norma at the same time, but I would be lying if I didn't say I dang near rolled a tear seeing the two of them together. <laughs> it, no, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. Like, that got that... I have a lot of thoughts, and I have a the lot of The way they were holding feelings. each other. Yes, like, and the fact oh, that they're... And we'll talk about this nostalgia. in greater detail, mm-hmm. but the fact that we had references to... Uh, we had a reference to Shelley's daughter in, I believe, uh, at the end of episode yes. two. And now we're seeing we're seeing that uh, built upon. And it's so... It's blowing my mind to see Shelley and Norma standing there behind the <laughs> counter watching... Uh, her daughter in the car with this guy who is, you know, not the right guy for her. That's something that, of course, Shelly can relate to. Mm-hmm. And I remember, of course, Norma can relate to that as well because she yeah. had her own version of that with Hank Jennings. My heart, you guys. Total deja vu yeah. there. And there were a lot of moments like that for me tonight. Plus a lot of moments. Now the, the gears in my head are spinning real hard because we got... Nothing uh, conclusive, certainly. I feel like that's not the nature of the story we're being told, at least at this point. But a lot of hints as to what is going on with the bits of mythology we've seen in these episodes thus far that, in my mind, raise a lot of questions about things that we saw in the original series as well. And what exactly are the parameters of one as relates to the other? But that's stuff we're going to get to. So I think just an overall thing is that this episode specifically, kind of, we had a lot of mythology in the first four episodes. We were floating through space and time. There's all these things that happened. But now we're kind of like back down to Earth and we're just kind of gathering all the information. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm enjoying it. So you're a Twin Peaks fan as well, Tyler, right? Yes, I, I became a Twin Peaks fan once I started working on the show. Uh, I was uh, two years old in 1990 when they first came out. So uh, I know my parents were big Twin Peaks fans and they watched it. But I, you know, once I started working on the show, I had to go back and and you know watch it myself and figure out what the buzz was about and. So I, I I did that. I watched you know both the seasons and the the fire walk with me. So pretty um, scary, yeah. right? Fire yes. walk with me. <laughs> yeah, scared the pants off. Well, you're of in me. pretty good company too. Uh, FBI agent with like Dale Cooper. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah like, you, gotta... also... you were with David Lynch in a scene. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, the funny thing is, is that um, you know shooting with David Lynch. Uh, David Lynch, you know likes to do things like kind of by the seat of his pants so uh that scene actually i showed up uh to set that day not knowing i was going to even be in that scene and uh scott cameron the first ad comes up to me and says hey tyler what do you uh think about uh being on camera today and i was like what do you mean being on camera you know because i was just a stand-in at the time and um he said, uh, David really wants uh, you to be an FBI agent in this scene, so you know, why don't you head over to wardrobe and get all dressed up and uh, see hair and makeup. So I did that. You know, They dabbered me up in the FBI uh, suit. and I walk out, and uh, we, we're going to do the rehearsal, and, um, and David's like, all right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to you know, greet us. As we're walking out of the airport and uh, shake all of our hands and, you know, uh, get us into the limbo so we can take off. And his, I don't know, that was a poor David Lynch. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually you know, in his David Lynch, in his David Lynch voice, you know, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, gr- it was great to be on camera with, uh, you know, the likes of David Lynch and Krista Bell and uh, Miguel, you know, Ferrer. Uh, we we deeply uh, miss him, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, it was a great experience. So I feel like it totally would be. I mean, that's the best ticket to not end up in the Black Lodge. You know, <laughs> when you die, I would just think I'm like giving my ticket, and then I go, "Okay, cool, I'm good, I'm good." Well, on my weird note, there, let's get into this episode, which was again very weird and awesome. One of the things I love about the show is that it's so weird. I call people weird in general, and it's a compliment. Yeah. So we, what about this Argent 2 situation? Okay, so we see two people watching this Dougie Dale mm-hmm. thing. And then there is this woman that's waiting that seems out of sorts. It's one of those scenes that I feel as though it's going to come into play later. It's yes. very, very, very important. Lex, tell us, tell us your thoughts. You're just mm-hmm. inching out. Well, so, well, so we're nowhere. <laughs> obviously, whatever this conspiracy is that's surrounding uh, Dougie and the uh, attempts on his life, or the attempts at attempts on his life thus far, we don't know who necessarily is behind it, but we're seeing now there is a, a hub of sorts where this woman, who's clearly not in charge but seems to be maybe running this little hub has to now make a phone call to what i would imagine is their superior having to deliver some news she's not entirely eager to deliver but she doesn't talk to a person she dials a number and we cut to this black too this right? right this black box and we come to discover that at the end of the episode these boxes are in buenos aires argentina now I know what that means to me in relation to the Twin Peaks mythology, but have you guys seen The Missing Pieces? 
Or is it only me here that's seen the missing pieces? I'm going to be honest with you. I tried to buy it. I tried to do everything to get it. And I couldn't. I would have paid money for it. And <laughs> I I couldn't get it unless I ordered the DVDs in hand off of Amazon, which I, you know, probably should have done. Okay, so. Take uh, it from here. The, the Missing Pieces, uh, David Lynch finally put out, what, only a couple of years ago now, uh, just before they released the entire mystery, the series, and Firewalk With Me on Blu-ray. Missing Pieces is an hour, give or take, of additional material that was cut from Firewalk With Me that they... They cleaned up, it looks beautiful, and was included with this set. So Buenos Aires, Argentina, per the missing pieces, is the... And there's actually, if you if you look around online, there are fans that have cut the missing pieces into the entire movie, and you can watch, like, this three-hour version based on... And, it's of course, it's not Lynch's vision. It's their best guess at where these scenes should be placed. But per where these scenes would go in the narrative, that is the first place and the last place we see Philip Jeffries in the mythology. Mm -hmm. That is where he is before he appears at the field office in Philadelphia, and that is where he returns to when he vanishes. So again, in a world where we've been name-dropping Philip Jeffries pretty heavily, and we've seen communications with a character who may or may not be Philip Jeffries, I love that we're tying in now Buenos Aires, where, yeah, if if you see the missing pieces, that'll raise a lot of red flags. I love that we're not... Who knows, who knows if we'll ever get a conclusive answer to any of these questions, but we're not just going to leave it there. It seems like we're continuing to follow that thread, which I straight up stood up. Like, if you'd watch me in my apartment, I just stood up. I had to explain to my Lex girlfriend Lex won't what was watch with us. <laughs> By I the way. I gotta go through some stuff as I watch these, man. It's a whole emotional, cathartic process for me. Yeah. Okay, did you guys get any of that when watching? No, no, I, no. I didn't pick up. I had no idea what the purpose of the I feel was. not as dumb. Thank you. <laughs> Our historian Lex, thank you so yes. much Did for you know any of this, Tyler? Like, do you uh, know the history at all? Uh, well, you do a little bit, but as deep as Lex does. Uh, probably not as deep as Lex does. No. Oh, stop it, you guys. <laughs> is this is prom, you know? He's prom king. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. You but really don't so, want to be prom but, king here. But do you, do you get these small kind of hints and the random history behind it? Well, I think I kind of do because uh, it was obviously there when we shot everything. Mm-hmm. So, Ooh. like, just talking with people. I mean, because I mean, a lot of the crew, you know, worked on the show 25 years ago, too. So, oh, that is correct. Um, Such know. as who? Hmm? Who? Such as who? Yeah, which crew members? Um, well, uh, you know, one of my friends that I made um, working on the crew, uh, Skip Bucola, mm-hmm. uh, he was a stand-in 25 years ago. Mm. Um, you know, Scott Cameron, the first AD, he was there in the in the beginning. Um, yeah, so a lot of the crew members, uh, just being able to talk with them about their experiences 25 years ago, um, I, I gained a lot of knowledge of... of uh, you know, the ins and outs of Twin Peaks, so... Do you feel like those people you were just speaking about know the secrets? and Or <laughs> they were just there, and they don't know anything? Or they know all of the secrets of Twin Peaks? Well, or some I, of them I feel like they don't probably know. don't know all the secrets of Twin Peaks, because, I mean, you know, even after, like I said, you know, living and shooting it, I'm still watching it like you guys are, and I'm like, did I miss something when I was there? Like, what's Touché. going on, you know? So... I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that, you know, not, they don't know. 
Yeah. Well, it's a secret to all of us. Well, I'm curious about, if I may, because I know you guys, Lisa, you too, you both worked on this show, and it's been very public that only Kyle MacLachlan was given that 400-page document that was the basis of the shooting script. The principal yeah. cast has been very public about exactly what you just said. Like, but we they, still don't know. As a stand-in, they didn't give us scripts. That was my question, is when you guys show up, not how much did you know, how little do you guys know when we, you show up to work? They were, very, they were very strict with us. They didn't give us scripts, especially because stand-ins, uh, you know, working on a lot of different shows, like usually stand-ins at least get, you know, the script and so they know what's going on and what scenes we're shooting, like the that's lines of the That's what we actors. do. Yeah, that's what, you know, that's what a stand-in does. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they... They were very selective of who they gave things to, and at the end of the day, they always collected everything they passed out, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. like, nothing. They wanted to make sure nothing got out, uh, nothing, you know, was ruined, uh, or anything got let out to social media, any of that. So. Oh, and now we're here, guys. So, <laughs> all, the, all the secrets will be let out. If you are just tuning in, tune in, because we'll get a million hits. <laughs> One yeah, Twin Peaks hits. fans, yes. watch out. We've got One the info. One million hits. We had uh -huh. a really fun scene. I just want to point out with the coroner, and they have that dead body with his head cut off, yes. which, again, I think will come into play later on. She had a joke about doing stand-up, which I very much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, stand-up <laughs> on the weekends. Yeah, I mean, how else can you be have that job without you know doing stand-up? Yeah. And they he had a ring inside of him, and it was Dougie's wedding ring. Yes. Jane E. Yes. I was like, what? Jane e. yeah. We don't need to talk about it. We just want to let you know it's there, and we're going to probably get back to it in a bunch of episodes yeah. later. Well, is it right? just me, or was that Garland Briggs's like everything from below the head. So, okay, when we first saw that body and they started name-dropping Major Briggs a whole lot, I had that same mortified thought like, oh no, what if the, the final indignity visited upon Major Briggs is that this is what happened to his body? But then I started thinking, well... All right, we're dealing with a heavily mythological, uh, uh, magic-filled world, so maybe there's a way you could preserve that body that well for two-plus decades. What? Well, they said there'd be been whoa. 16 hits. Yes, they found his prints. he's been, like, missing. Yes. I feel like it's easier, in, in a world where you have to preserve parts of him to do that, in theory, probably easier to preserve the fingerprint part of him than the entire body. But I, I did have that thought as well. Well, and I'm terrified that would hurt my soul. You guys, mm. I honestly wish we had five million hours to talk about it. We have so much more to talk about. I'm <laughs> so just going to keep us moving. So next, I have a scene that I loved. Okay, so Dirty Dale, as we call him, right? Dirty he Dale. is in prison, and he looks in the mirror, and then we get flashbacks of the season two finale. And we see that this is Bob. I, that's what I took from it. Oh, yeah, Bob for is sure. Dirty Without Dale. A doubt. Yeah. That's interesting because I took. The opposite from it. I have a lot. I have a lot of questions about this particular sequence. About? So we see he looks in the mirror, and we get this cool face morph effect where it's just we we distort Kyle MacLachlan's face just enough in the direction of the late Frank Silva's, so it is unmistakable. But he looks in the mirror and he says, "You're still with me," mm -hmm. as if he's talking to Bob, as if Bob is something outside of him. Which is the first point in this episode where I started to ask myself a ton of questions about this mythology because this is a doppelganger. But it's, it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a doppelganger that's driven by Bob at all times. And what I started to extrapolate from this is sometimes Bob's got one hand on the shoulder and sometimes he's got both hands on the shoulder. 
right? But sometimes he's not, he's there, sometimes he's not. Right. I That kind of frustrates me, because, like, you do see that with, like, Leland Palmer. Like, like definitely, like, when he is uh, burying Laura and he freaks out, you can tell that's him coming through, like, all that grief. But then, you know, there are times when he totally acts crazy and yes. I don't understand like I think it's I don't both want, hands when he's crazy right well, I don't want to believe that any of Coop is in Mr. C like I want to believe that that is all Bob because why mm-hmm. would Coop ever do such horrible things well, and you brought up Leland and that's what I started thinking about is how in the original series it seemed like even though we do see a doppelganger Leland in the Black Lodge in the final episode of the original run it seemed very much like they were treating Leland's relationship with Bob like possession to one extent or another this feels so far we're not getting anything too concrete yet but this feels like we're not treating it like full-on possession this feels like we really are treating it like we made a facsimile of cooper that is a potential vessel for bob almost the way the owls were in the original series and sometimes bob is driving and sometimes he isn't again i don't know but this was the first time tonight that i started to go oh man i got a lot that i gotta go i gotta write some graphs and charts and things do you think of the owls being the carrier of bob yes it did seem like because that was the one that was the one question that the giant gave him those clues and i feel like that's the one that didn't explicitly pay off at any point but there was enough there that it seemed like bob could use the owls as his eyes or as okay, a way to get from get with place that. to place. I Tyler, get with do that. you have any theories on this at all? Or do you think we're just crazy talking? <laughs> no, I mean, they all seem like great theories. I will say that the interesting thing about seeing evil Dale or, you know, evil... Uh, what do we call doggy, him? Dirty Dale. Dear, Dirty Dale. The interesting <laughs> thing about that is that scene was actually shot here in L.A. at a decommissioned jail. And... Um, the top floor of that jail was supposedly haunted by a a young girl. And honestly, um, me and one of the other stand-ins, when we were working there, we went up there to to look. (laughs) And there was, like, dead birds on the ground. Oh, wow. It was creepy. It was really creepy. And, um, like, it was like a psych ward on the the top floor. Were you scared? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I was like seriously I, I was i was scared because like there were the people that worked there were telling us stories of how like some of the security guys would actually see like you know like ghosts of the little girl and so well, like we went upstairs and there were all these dead birds on the ground and like we were scared like that we were about to see a ghost at least True they story. weren't owls True story. Mm, that would Relative. i would probably poop my pants if i was you i mean yeah. that would be absolutely terrifying Next, I just want to uh, touch a little bit. We're going to get to him later, but we see this guy, Steve, and uh, Mike Nelson. Mike. That Mike. made me happy. Yes. Wow. And thank you yeah. so much. Good eye. Good eye. I can always spot out a redhead. Yeah. <laughs> well, we you know, we see this new guy, Steve, who, get out. Uh, he was in Get Out. Yes, Caleb Landry-Jones. Yep, Caleb Landry-Jones. He's and great. He is creepy and fantastic. And he was there, he got turned down by this guy, and he, you know, is Mike Nelson, and he's very angry. fellow redhead, mind you. Yeah, it's like, hello, be Hmm. nice, guys. I thought there was a ginger camaraderie there. Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess not. (laughs) And we're going to get into this in a little bit, but he wasn't that kind to him. Long story short. Well, did you see him? Gah. Well, I know. Little problem, little... 
Yeah, he, he looked little, nutty. At first, I thought that he was being mean to him, and then later in the episode, I go, "Oh, well, he has a drug problem." Okay, I guess that. <laughs> I guess that makes a lot of sense. And like, it is nice to see that of all of the different not so savory paths any of the young people we saw in the original series could have gone down. I like that it seems so far like Mike grew up. Yeah. And he's just, he's a guy now and he does his job and he lives a decent life and he's not worried about Leo shooting him in the face. Yeah, him and Bobby <laughs> both cleaned up real nice, didn't they? I want to see that. More of that. I definitely do. More of Bobby I'm or assuming what? he, uh, Mike yeah, I do. And... <laughs> Even though he's not as good looking as he used to be, I right. do want to see more of Bobby. Yeah. Because... I don't know. I think he's got a little, like, a nice silver fox thing going. He wears that mm. uniform real you nice. Think so, so I could Lex? get. I could if I. I could maybe be persuaded if he talked to me real nice, bought me a drink at the Roadhouse. I might hear him out if nothing. I else. would. Yeah. I want to know if uh, Mike and Nadine have had any contact. Ooh. Yes, I would love to know all of those things. And we did see Nadine, oh my which gosh, we will yes, get we into did. at yeah. the very end. There's a scene that was very small. I want to talk about you guys, which is Sheriff Truman and his wife Doris. Oh my god, yeah, the black mold. Yes, it was all, I keep on writing, it was code, it was code, and uh, Lex was reading my notes, I didn't even remember what I said, and I was like, the cat That's right. is something, and there's so many crazy things I wrote about this scene, but I think that they were almost speaking in a bit of code, or... There, were, oh. there was a moment, there was a moment where she said something, I forget exactly what her line was, it might have been like, I have to wait a, a whole day with this, with this pipe, and then she does this thing... Yes. With her with her coat. And I went, this could. If you told me this was code after the fact and you you pitched me a compelling enough story, I might buy it. Even though I don't know that I bought it solely from what we got. I think she's just a very animated Emotional lady. man and animated yeah, I got person. such... Go back to my favorite character again. I got such Nadine vibes from her. And I feel like they either need to be like best friends or that would be a really bad idea. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Do you have any insight into these? To the code between them two? Well, or just like what that scene meant because it was so random. Well, that's what I, I mean. I mean. David Lynch is so random. Sometimes I feel like it's just random for random sake, and I feel like I got the vibe. It's just I thought you was genuine. Like yeah, she's I thought worried like, about she's the just pipe. An, they've been together for a long time, you know. She's just coming in to bicker and start trouble. There was and just he's a moment just unfazed yeah. by anything. When we've learned so much, I feel about who Frank Truman is more from the nonverbal performance moments from Robert Forrester so far than any of his lines. He reacts to his wife much the same way he reacts to Andy and Lucy. This very <laughs> and like Molly Brando. Yes, it's very much like <laughs> yeah. I care for you. Uh-huh. But like, right. oh man. All right. right. Okay. He's kind yep. of desensitized, you know? Yep. Who was yep. he talking to though? Let's talk uh, for a moment that he's talking to Harry. Yeah. Who's Harry? He sounds sick. Harry's his, Harry his Truman. brother. Harry's brother. Right, duh, of course. Harry Truman. But he, uh, the conversation I wish I heard more of. It was, uh, oh, when do you get those tests back? Okay, you know, you hang in there. So they've referenced him being, being unwell. Sick. Being sick. And of course, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to hang on too tightly to this hope that it was all a ruse that Michael Ankeen is not no, in fact he's returning. Not be on there. But I do like I I love that David Lynch is not so cruel that he killed Harry off somewhere in that in those 20 years. I love that Harry's wherever he is is still hanging on somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's get into this Dougie. I'm going to Dougie Dale uh and Janie, his wife. Mhm. So it's four hundred and twenty-five dollars exactly that he thousand thousand four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars that he took from the casino. And there is a moment where they're walking out, and Sunny Jim, the the son, right? Yeah, yes, 
He cries. Sonny Jin doesn't cry, but Dougie slash Dale cries. He has a little tear. Staring at him. Why? I don't know. What do you well, think, we, Lex? We, oh, man. Where does that emotion just come from out of nowhere? What is he thinking? I have two thoughts. One one is real quick to express, and one <laughs> takes a little bit more time. The immediate one is it could just be his reaction. This is, if if our Dale is in there, this is a, a proto-Dale. This is a newborn baby version yeah. of yeah, Dale. Almost. Baby and it, Dale. Could, it could just be this rec- recognizing of innocence and this connection with innocence and how it, it maybe affects him very deeply. The second much more involved thought process that I have has to do with what I was thinking about before, about what are the rules about, like, what is Dougie Jones? Was Dougie Jones a real person before this doppelganger Dougie Jones took his place? Or was he always a doppelganger? If he was always a doppelganger, is Sonny Jim his biological son? And if he was never a real person, what does that make Sonny Jim? So we were talking about how how this relates to the rules with Leland in the original run. Was Leland possessed or was Leland a doppelganger? If Leland was a doppelganger, was he a doppelganger going all the way back to meeting the neighbor Robertson at his grandparents' lake house? If Leland was always a doppelganger, what does that mean for Laura, for Laura. Palmer? Right, well, right. Was she, no, no, no. Was she, no, 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 was Sunny, no, no. Was Sunny Jim a little that. Laura, you know? So basically. I have, I, I, I'll go, uh, and I do go. A, so I had, I had a couple of thoughts. <laughs> Too deep. Like are we going too deep? I know. Are we digging uh, with our shovels? Are we digging the shit too deep? Our golden shovels. <laughs> Tyler, do I have you, some you have some of those same thoughts? Same thoughts as uh, what was just mentioned. I wow. Mean, you I, and I, Lex must be twins or I, doppelgangers, maybe, because you, you think maybe, the same Maybe way. we're both little gold marbles. Ooh, I, I can't get I like my it. brain that deep in there like that. I've, <laughs> I've been saying that I feel like everyone is, in a way, like connected to Dougie, like, like people look out for him, like the way the kid tried to take the bomb off the car, yes. one one. Well, let's get into some of the Dougie stuff, okay? Because he's Dougie, but he's Dale. And we see him go to work. And you'd think at this point someone would call 911, right? <laughs> right. Call, call for help. Call for help. Oh, I, love, I love, too, like, what was Dougie like before this that everyone seems to be rolling with it, so no matter used how to weird this. Well, it Dougie liked hookers. I mean, we do know that much. He seemed a little laid back. Like, everybody's yeah. reacting, for sure. They're like, come on, Dougie, but not like this is totally new behavior. Well, we got to keep in mind, he wears that coat on the regular, so that says a little something <laughs> yeah. about him right there. A weird tidbit I saw floating around. Some people were thinking that this may have been 2003. I re- yes. Okay, you heard about this? I saw that. Well, I think we we maybe mentioned it real briefly last week. And Did I heard we? the, I heard the same theory that he went through the wrong door in right. that room with the electrical sockets when he came out and replaced Dougie. And their thought process was, well, maybe he ended up in the wrong time. The number at 15 turned into three. Maybe he ended up in the wrong year. And maybe that means the mysterious billionaire who owns that building is, in fact, a time-displaced Cooper. And I, for, for a second, I went... Shit, and then I, I looked at the Reddit, and there were a lot of very smart people on the Reddit who were like, "Well, for this reason, and this reason, and this reason, and this reason, that's probably not, not the case." Not gonna happen because I saw a phone that was like recent, and it was the little woman it was people, in the elevator. It was people keying into fo- things like phones and things like the year, the make and models of different cars. Like as, as deep as it seems, like I'm going, I'm not like screen capping. I always look at cell phones. Truth in our time travel. I want to know where we're at. Mm-hmm. Well, if I saw they're her, flipping it was touch screen. or if they're touchscreen. Speaking of elevators. 
we saw a very beautiful, awesome person in the elevator this evening. Elevators. And it may or may not have been our own Lisa Mason Lee <laughs> here in the studio. She Great was there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Great you. performance. Thank you. I, I told you I didn't know anything. I didn't even know I was going to be placed in this episode. She didn't. And I was like, oh my God, I paused it and I started screaming. Someone told me to be quiet. And it's fine. <laughs> we got yelled at like 10 times out there, yes. by the way. Oh my gosh. Whatever, guys. We're very up. excited about the show. It's very exciting. Yeah. It does. In this meeting, though, well, first of all, the coffee thing, when he gets in the elevator, uh, Ooh, Dale it's like a mouse to Dougie. cheese. And it's just, again, a great like yeah. throwback for us with the Love coffee. That. Say it, whatever you're gonna say. No, Lex. just the, the the visual of him following it around like he's a dog being led is wonderful. And I liked when so he first got up there and those two people were sitting down and there were like cups on the table. He just stared at them until <laughs> they were like, uh, sit down. Yeah, like they're just like move him. And then he throws a fellow, you know, coworker under the bus. Apparently, his name was Tony. Yes, played by Tom Sizemore. Of mm-hmm. course. Who yes. I feel like we don't we don't see in a whole lot these days, but is a wonderful character actor. And he's got, you know, I guess he, he had he had for a while a bit of a reputation for his off camera <laughs> antics as well. But like a powerful character actor, so it's like really really cool to see him on screen again and playing. Like, the antithesis of what his persona is. Like, he's not usually playing the suit-and-tie insurance salesman. So this was very cool. It was. Did you guys get anything else from this interaction? Because I think it's going to be broken down later. You know, Dougie was his friend. I think they were both probably doing a lot of bad things together. Is what is? I got that from that scene, that they're both kind of, like, good hookers. I didn't. I I keep going back to... Dougie being like super in touch with everything around him and like he could smell a lie. Well, I agree, but before that, when they even came into the meeting room, the conference room, he gave him a hug and he was like, I've saved your ass. You know, I've been covering for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought that these two kind of had some kind of camaraderie. Well, there was well, also right before he called him out for lying, there was mm-hmm. that little green splash of light real quick on his face almost like the the uh over the slot machines that signal that he had i must have been picking my nose i completely missed that real i may have been having a stroke while i was watching but like it was real (laughs) quick uh, to to the point where i was like wait was that and then he had the lying line and i went okay i I didn't make that up just now awesome i well i did get that same vibe when they were in the room and he was like lie i go okay that's gonna tie back to the slot machines he can tell what's gonna hit and what's not gonna hit uh, then we have Supervisor Burns, Brett Gelman, who I love, and the casino. And there is people, there are people that own the casino, I'm assuming, over, well, he doesn't own it, he's just a manager. And they fire him, beat the sh- shit out of him, and uh, it's, they're like, this guy ever comes back. <laughs> and again, of course he's going to come back, right? This is a show. Mm-hmm. I love those casino girls. Yeah. That took me mm-hmm. back to like One Eyed Jacks a little mm-hmm. bit. And, like, did they bring them in just to watch? And they were like, like get each other. I don't know. <laughs> this is the first time we've seen the candy. Gr- well, okay. Girls. I, candy I felt yes. like as we were watching this with Tyler, he had some kind of understanding of the candy girls. I do, but I don't think I'm at liberty. To Pineapple, s- banana. Pineapple, probably, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I tried. We're gonna. Nah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? We've got some wonderful people in the chat room. We've got Anne Marie. Hey. We have Super Locri and Seven Seven. We have Sam Jones. Hey, everybody! 
Hey guys. Lots Hello. of comments. Um, one of our friends here says they don't know how many more episodes they can stand of hmm. poor Dougie acting like this. <laughs> Again, I kept on saying, why doesn't Dougie's anyone hilarious. call the like yep. call nine one one, take him to a hospital? Yeah, but somehow I, I, everyone I is. I couldn't like stop laughing at Kyle when he was doing these scenes. <laughs> was... If if next week the whole <laughs> hour was him standing in that courtyard poking at the statue shoes like we saw, well, I was credits. telling him that statue is actually David Lynch's dad. It's a statue of David Lynch's dad. Really? Yeah. Well, what is got... the what is the significance of the statue? Do you know, or do you just know that it's it's a family I just, connection? I just know that it's a it's a statue of David Lynch's dad, and uh, uh, he. When we were shooting that day, you know, he came up and, you know, was looking at the statues like, hey, Dad, how you doing? You know? That yeah, it was really cool. cool. Another family member was in the show. Yeah. As well. yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Riley. Yeah. Riley Lynch. Uh, the guy playing the guitar at the uh, Bang Bang is Riley Lynch. Huh. Yeah. yeah. David Lynch's if, son. If you watch again, you'll see the resemblance. He just, he looks exactly like a young David, and in you my were, opinion. You were saying that that is... Uh, his other son, because he had another son that played, played the boy with the, with cream, the mask the corn, or the corn, yeah, uh-huh. in the season yeah. one. Right. So the interesting I thing about so. this season is, um, like, not just you know the, what you've been talking about with the old cast, you know, reoccurring, but you also see, you know, little bit known to probably everybody, but you see a lot of the crew kind of behind the scenes in the scene, and um, which is really cool. Like in one of the other scene, like Lisa's scene. Standing right next to her, uh, Skip Ucola, the other standing yes. there, reference. He's standing right next to Lisa, and you see Skip. He was, you know, one of the uh, original standings. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was another scene with uh, Johnny Scumenti. Yes. Um, that was uh, what scene was that? That was at the office. That, yeah, with, it, it, um, yeah, with um, what's the the two redhead guys, Mike and yeah, the Mike new guy. And, and then, in the background. and then we have Ashley, and our other Ashley, fellow stand-in. Our other stand-in. She was the receptionist when uh, Dougie comes in with the... Yes. With, mm-hmm. Well, that's oh. probably so cool for everyone yeah. to watch, well, you know, the, after the fact. Exactly. And it's so cool that David and the crew will just put you in the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and not everybody, only that, but in the first two scenes... Uh, Sabrina Sutherland, the executive producer, she was the casino. Yeah, yeah, the floor attendant. attendant. Yeah, exactly. There are so many. I mean, I and again, I'm going to bring up a scene that I feel like is not important, but is going to be important. Mm-hmm. Is the I'm just going to call her a crackhead, and because we don't know her <laughs> I think name. That's what she one one nine. One one nine. Yes. Okay, so as we were watching this scene with her child, and what did I say? I was like. He is eating crackers and his mom does crack. That's literally what I wrote down. So I go, that is a sign. That is how deeply I am getting into this television show. I feel like it's kind of intentional, right? Yes, it like, is. Yeah. It is intentional. And he goes out. He runs out to Dougie's car, tries to dismember a bomb. Like, where is he I thought that from? was a GPS tracker, yeah, but apparently... How is a kid that smart? <laughs> because he is being taken over by something I else. He knows you guys, things. People are protecting Dougie. Yeah, they're they're protecting they're Dougie. Dougie. He has, like, some kind of magic around him. But du- uh, when we saw, like when we saw Dougie last... Be, you know, <laughs> mischief. I oh, guess. Guys, kid. guys, someone in the chat said the statue was made specifically for the show. Oh. All right. Who knows what about what? We have David Lynch in the chat tonight, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. 
David's like, that's my father. I made him. Faces of stone. Right. (laughs) Oh, it says D.T. Thompson. That's, no. I don't know. Well, you know what? There's a lot of theories. I believe you, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So after we see this entire bomb thing happen, and he goes, the, there's people in the chat I've seen, the difference between the cars. There's the black car, and then what color was the other car? Orange, red. Red, red yeah. I think. Red car. Yeah. Hmm? Red Did and you black. not pick up on this, Lex? No, this I saw one this. Thing? Right. One of our friends earlier was asking about that red car and the black car, so yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I feel like you would know everything, but you look confused, too. No, so, that, I was just like, I, I saw it, but the cars, the color of the cars, I didn't specifically think too much about. I, I keyed in on the black car because it looked very much like the car that... Mr. C was driving in the previous episodes, mm-hmm. but I didn't think too much about the cars beyond let me just try and track whose car is whose. Okay. Well, fair enough. We'll get into that when we can. All right. So yeah. next, you guys, we have, we finally see Shelly again. We see Norma and then we meet Becky. Yes. Love Yay. her so much. Big fan. Amanda. I'm a big fan of Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Like, she's one of my favorite she's actresses. Great. She's fantastic. So she is, a, you know, she's Shelly's daughter. Yes, she looks like Bobby. That's what you guys yeah. were saying. She has a little she Bobby face, like doesn't she? I was, I was going to ask, like, if you if you guys think that A, she's Bobby's, B, she's Leo's, or C, no. some third Please, option. God, not do not. I mean, no guys, way. we've been away from Shelly for over 20 years. She probably has a lot of guys that, you know, it could have been. And, and to be fair, if she, wasn't, if she wasn't pregnant during the original run, the last time we saw Leo, he was in Windermere's spider death trap. Yes. So for all we know, Leo never made it out of the spider death trap. Yeah. I, I, I don't think find it's Leo's. Out. I hope we find out. We'll find but, out. you know, this girl has some adventure to her. She has uh, a, maybe a bit of a Palmer drug vibes. problem. Oh, yeah. I totally Major felt those Laura Palmer vibes Yes. So the red hard. seat from the car reminded me of yes. the red curtains and the black fudge, and it feels like it's that setting it up woman, for her. When she does to... the coke, and then she mm-hmm. throws her head back, and she's just taking the ride as they play that music. I feel like yes. that's impossible not to think of Laura Palmer. Oh, totally. It's Absolutely. like she cared at first, and she was concerned about her and her boyfriend, and then as soon as she takes the drugs, all cares out the window. And again, it's Steve, this guy that we see at the beginning of the episode, and he is for, I we said this, Get Out. I just rewatched it two nights ago, so I knew exactly what he he's so creepy that actor i someone, love him and he's so great at what he does because he's very creepy someone in the chat says that steve looks like he needs to be dipped in bleach and i'm kind of like along with that he's looking kind of rough i'm well, not surprised he didn't get that job <laughs> well it is i think this entire storyline because we know that that actress is going to be a big part of this season and it's funny because it's episode five which would seem like far along, but they gave it to us so fast, the first two, that this is essentially like episode three for us, kind of. Three weeks, four weeks of watching. So What's nuts, especially when we go back to this conversation we've been having a little bit about how this feels more than any other show that's released all at once intended to be binged. This feels like we're seeing the first five hours of an 18-hour movie, and it still feels like we're in the rising action. Yes, And we're, and again, uh, okay, so when they were in the car, I'm going to say something that I think will be brought up later. He turned on the radio to 87.7 when she looked up and got all cuckoo eyes, you know, 
I wanted calmer. to get something out of that, but we've been getting so many numbers every week that it's, it's kind of yeah. hard. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like a local station or like a college station yeah. number. Yeah, like here, like 88.5. Sure. Well, speaking guys, of numbers, the, the 425,000, uh, I'd have to go back and look at the notes. I took, wasn't 425 the first number the giant gave Cooper? In that yes. first sequence in the first episode? Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. yes. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. Oh. No, that's it. We that's turned it. him that's on. It. He's that's excited. It. Look at us putting Wait, all of our no. brains together. No. no. It wasn't. It wasn't. <sighs> four, three, zero. It was four, three, zero. Four, three, zero. Sorry. It's five off. Where's that missing five, you guys? I don't know. What are they doing to us? This is terrible. Maybe that missing five was won by the lady at the casino. But the three, one, mm-hmm. five on the key crazy, was though. the same as the, uh, the thing when he was in the... Uh, when Cooper was in the thing, the furnace thing, yeah, the yes, furnace thing. Yeah. the three and yeah. the, the and three, the fifteen, one, fifteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel as though I'm going to rewatch this many times. Yeah. Oh yes, and finally <laughs> figure it out in about a year. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next, let's see. We of course we have a Hawk and Andy scene, which was very funny Aww. and a bit. Couldn't racist. find any Indians. <laughs> Yes, uh, no Indians, they're just cracking at it, and I think, you know, Hawk is probably thinking, I know, he has to know something more, or he's trying to figure it out so deeply. I think he wants to figure it out. Yeah, I feel like if he knows anything, it's like, Hawk knows what his own heritage is, but he doesn't know. something to do with it. Yeah, like, he probably still has no clue what the relevance would be. And then, of course, we have Dr. Jacoby. Yes, the one big answer we do get tonight is what he was doing with those shovels. And the answer is he's hawking them on his YouTube channel. <laughs> um, so I guess essentially, Dr. Jacoby, it, it seems as though an infomercial kind of mm-hmm. situation. But I still feel as though there's more significance to this than I don't it's know. just well, it's <laughs> well, how about the people that were watching the show? Yes. They mm-hmm. were like really into it. Like Nadine looked very happy. Yes, by, like, we got a glimpse of Nadine, <laughs> of course. Every week. And then yeah. You guys, I'm so sorry we have to skip so much stuff because we love you dearly, but we only have a certain amount of time. Uh, But we go to the Bang Bang, and this is David Lynch's son. Like we said, we have a really fun scene with that. And uh, then at the end, we see Tammy, the FBI agent, and she's comparing Dale's pictures. And looking at the fingerprints Fingerprints, very intently. And And this is fingerprints. This is after we get that mention of we got 16 hits on Major Garland Briggs' fingerprints in the last 20 some odd years. Also, Er Ernie Hudson, first of all, who Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten completely was supposed to show up in this season. I have to assume that his Mm -hmm. character being named Davis is a tip of the hat to Don Davis who played Major Briggs. Mm -hmm. Have to assume. But anyway, I love seeing Ernie Hudson. That was great. Wow. Well, there's so many people, too. We didn't even mention, like, John Belushi. Jim Belushi and John Robert Bel- Nepper. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We're an explicit Pineapple. podcast. Jim, jo- I, I, I can't. Nah, okay. we can say fuck. No, well, we can. Yeah. Now we our have fans twice. like fuck. Well, now we have to say Three it. Three times. That goes to be real. Okay, so there's been so many people, and, and I think that's the point of the entire thing, is that he's throwing, David Lynch is throwing in these very famous people that we know, but yes. low-key. We're not supposed to, like, make a thing about it. Yeah, well, when we saw John Ennis in episode three, I believe, we didn't even get a full shot of his face. We just see, like, the back third of his profile. Yes. And, okay, I'm just going to, okay, first we have the Dirty Dale phone call before, all right, so he says Mr. Strawberry. Yeah, I want to know He knows people that. are watching him, Mr. Strawberry. And, like, Warden Murphy knows who Mr., I don't, but he knows who Mr. Strawberry is. He does a full, I'm going to cover my mouth so everyone in the room knows I know something's up. Yeah, ooh, that's what you do. Okay. 
Oh, one of our people in the chat, Anne Marie, says, "Is Doppelkoop wearing his fingerprints?" Probably, and it's crazy. Are we talking about Dirty Coop? Dirty yeah. Dale. I think wearing I them. think she's probably talking about Dirty Dale. He's so smart. I wouldn't doubt wearing, it. Wearing Garland's fingertips. I Is that what those are? I called? wouldn't doubt it either. Garland Briggs. Oh no! No yes. no no! Is he wearing the major's garlands? <laughs> Okay, guys, and then ending, we do have Dougie, or, you know, regular Dale, Baby Dale. I'm going to call him Baby Dale, because he's like a baby. Yeah. And like he's baby. back at that statue that we were talking about. And he's got a real he thing for that is, statue. He really has a thing for the statue. And he's that's basically all that we freaking know. So, Wait, before, what what else Can we there? touch upon that creepy guy that was in the Bang Bang with the cigarettes and wasn't yeah, supposed to Yeah, that was a smoke? really, yes. really intense Real scene. What seemed to me is if that was clearly a payoff for that, that guy who we know works for the sheriff's department. Chad, I think his name was. The other thing that I thought that I, I had to explain to the, the when I was, I was watching it, uh, not by myself, I had to explain to people after the fact, is the brand of cigarettes uh, was an Easter egg. A big, a big, like, a, a TV culture easter egg morley is a fictional brand of cigarettes that was created for and preferred by the smoking man on the x-files and has since because the people who worked on x-files have since gone off and had big careers on some of the biggest shows on tv morley will pop up on a bunch of other shows so like it was the brand that spike smoked on buffy for example right so i thought oh that gosh, was a really yeah. fun wow. yeah i thought that was a really fun easter egg wow I didn't know that. that is that totally blows my mind before we get into some predictions, I'm going to talk about you a little oh, bit, me? Tyler. Okay. So, you have a lot of stuff going on. You're in a play right now. Yeah, so I'm in a play right now out in Pasadena. So, all you uh, local L.A. people that are listening, tuned in, if you uh, want to come out next weekend, we have another weekend of shows, Friday, Saturday night, and Sunday matinee. It's, um, it's uh, Jane Austen's Emma. It's a British play. I play uh, a character named uh, Mr. Elton, and uh, yeah, it's a great show with a great cast, so if you guys aren't doing anything, come out to Pasadena on the weekend and check it out. Well, I'll come for sure. We should all make a field trip out there. Yeah, you can uh, buy tickets online at uh, 413productions.org. Is that a code? I'm just thinking, you know, David Lynch is behind all of this. Yeah. But thank you. No, so the numbers don't mean anything. <laughs> they, they do, okay? They do. They do in my mind. We're trying. Gonna... We have a lot of 413, yes. time and time again. Yeah. We do. All right. On that note, let's get into some predictions for Your next week. After Buzz TV Ooh. predictions. Okay, who, who who wants? Okay, I'll start. I'm not. I'm not. Lex, you start. <laughs> oh, Do you want man. the log? You have to hold All right, the let log. me, take, let me take the log. Let me take the log. And the log, Sometimes. the log. I heard the log talking before the show, and I think the log just wanted to relay some scuttlebutt that it heard on the web to me. Mm-hmm. So we obviously, as we all know, we did not get a resolution this week on the big cliffhanger from last week, which is who is it? This woman that. Albert and Gordon have to run this doppelkoop by before they move forward. And we we speculated ourselves. Hopefully we'll get an answer next week. The scuttlebutt on the internet, and nobody knows anything, but what everyone I think is holding out hope for is that the one person that they have to talk to is in fact Diane. Yes. 
and that yes. that is who Laura Dern will be playing. Yes. Now nobody nobody is saying that this is true. <laughs> Everybody is saying this based on based on a couple of things, including, for example, Laura Dern is known to be in David Lynch's roster of performers a fairly heavy hitter. The speculation is you don't deploy Laura Dern for a part of very little consequence. So everybody is now speculating, maybe wishfully, that she will be playing Diane, and that is who we're going to see introduced. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's that's I think what the log wanted me to tell you guys. Thank you, <laughs> thank, thank you, log. <laughs> I I also agree with that. I think that when Coop went missing, that she probably headed straight down to Twin Peaks to find out why she's not getting any more tapes. Yeah, I don't know, but right. my big prediction. Oh man, I think that Amanda Seyfried is Bobby Briggs' daughter, mm-hmm. but I also think there's something more to the Huckleberry Act extract that they mention in uh, the podcast for Dr. Jacoby because mm-hmm. you know they were always eating huckleberry pie and something <laughs> special about huckleberry. I don't know. I think that's maybe it might come back into play. I don't know. I don't know. Jacoby said a lot of weird, yeah. weird stuff. <laughs> um, adding on to Diane, that just kind of made me think like what if Diane brings tapes that Dale had sent her in the past to help him regain his memory? <gasps> I don't know. I'm just thinking. Okay. Just thinking. Throw me the log. Boom. Oh, oh, no! no! You dropped the log. I dropped Tyler. I dropped it last week. It's okay. Don't get it. It's fine. You're going to give me the log? Thank you. Oh, no. That's a bad luck, Sam. I, I, the log does not like me. All I have to say is one thing. Aliens. Oh! I hope so. I always hope it's aliens. Girl. Aliens. On that note, you guys, I'm so sorry. Log. And thank you all for joining us. And thank you, Tyler, for joining oh, us. Thank you. thank you. It was You're such around. an absolute pleasure having this inside look at, you know, what you do and a little bit into Twin Peaks. So yeah. one more time, where can I even find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on social media, on Instagram, and uh, on uh, Twitter. Team Alex 17. Cool. Awesome. Lisa, one more time. Hi and bye. You can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. You can find me at Michael X Shirley on Twitter and Instagram. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. And you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, Sam Davidson Entertainment.com, Twitter and Instagram at SamD43. We love you all. We are trying our best to put this all together with you. So keep on commenting, giving us your theories, tweeting at us. Be nice. We'll see you next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Cow The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 